When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Holy guacamole! It's Taco Tuesday! Which can only mean one thing. Here's Spectrum 13 sports anchor, Luke Hetrick, on In The Zone. Pass the Pico! Luke Hetrick, TV superstar from Spectrum News 13, joining us on this festive Taco Tuesday. You can find him on Twitter at LH Sports TV, and right here every Tuesday at 4 o'clock. Luke, what is happening in your world? I uh, just spent the last hour doing some laundry and wrapping Christmas presents. I might be having mine with my girlfriend a little bit earlier this year, so just spent the last, you know, more like 15, 20 minutes, like, wrapping everything like truly it's really hard wrapping wine bottles yeah yeah i usually just throw those they have those big uh they have the long slender bags i get those and with some tissue paper you don't want to see how i wrap presents (laughs) in a t-shirt what do you do is it like a shoe box (laughs) it looks like a garbage bag or something (laughs) i mean i'll try but it it does not get the job done i gotta find a wrapper I'm with Tom. With Tazi, it looks like my gifts got attacked by gift paper. Yes. No. I go with the gift bag and the tissue paper. That's a safer move. For Classy. Sure. My, my gifts look like they got stuck in a trash compactor. Like I hit them in a drawer, but it was accidentally a compactor, and then they just smushed them, so it doesn't really look like nice and neat. Well, you're just getting. I mean, you're getting all the chores done today: wrapping gifts and doing laundry. So productive. Very much so. I think you should go ahead and mow the grass while you're at it, Luke. I think I'm going to make myself uh, another cup of coffee here is what I'm going to do while I'm on the phone with you lads. Hey, make it happen. Yeah, just keep checking <laughs> stuff off the list. So we shared our view at length yesterday on the whole Mikey Keene situation. Uh, but where yeah. do you stand on all of this? Were, were you shocked or you disappointed that he chose not to suit up for UCF over the weekend? No, because, with, you know, as Gus said, without Mikey Keene, they're not here. I mean, I think what it was is, you ask, what did he owe UCF in that situation? Was there more that he had to give UCF in terms of another year of eligibility for them to may or may not win a conference title? And I think you look at Mikey Keene, he's a guy that came in and was recruited by Josh Heupel, who left a month later for another job. He decided to stay with Gus Malzahn's staff. Obviously was not going to start last year, but when needed, and Dylan Gabriel goes down. I mean, how many of us thought, like, this might be a 500 team in 2021? Like, there's no way they're going to get to nine wins. And they did. And he gets maybe a top five win in program history as a quarterback beating Florida. Comes into this year. It's an open competition, but we always kind of felt like it was going to be JRP, and it was the correct decision to make him the guy. But he does all this for UCF, and then – they try and preserve the red shirt, but he's got to come in in four different situations at the end of the year and save their season and bail them out. And he does it three times. Cincinnati, Memphis, Navy was just no one's day for that team, and then USF. I understand that it was 28 nothing when Plumlee was in there. Mikey wasn't great, but he was 
stayed enough on the last drive, and when he needed to be at his best, he was. So he did everything he could for UCF. He should have never been put in that position. They should have been able to take care of those games, and they did not. So he owed him nothing. They feel, felt really confident in Thomas Castellanos, and I think it's a compliment to him and a compliment to the team. Like, hey, we feel like this guy has worked his tail off. I know it's a high-pressure situation. If we put Thomas in there, he can get it done. And he didn't, and it's a tough spot to put a kid like that in. But you know what? Mikey doesn't owe UCF anything. I think Night Nation, I understand why you're frustrated, but if that guy wasn't 7-3 and three as a starter and instead 3-7, and seven, are you really that upset by it? I think the fact that he was good, that he was productive, helped save the season on numerous occasions. Hey, can you do it one more time? At the expense of what? I, I, I think Mikey Keene was fine to do what he did, and there should be no hard feelings about it. Uh, well, I'm glad that you talked some of our fans off the ledge. I certainly didn't help in that regard yesterday because I, I, I fully understand where they're coming from. You get you help UCF, the program that you played for, that you had committed to, that you helped them get to a certain point, and then when they needed you the most, kind of turned your back. It just feels so. It feels so contradictory to everything that we try and display ourselves as, and definitely in the sports world, where loyalty and, and teamwork and all of these things that we celebrate, and it was the complete opposite of that. And I get that we have become accustomed to this sort of selfish activity in sports, but that was a situation that I don't think we should ever really be okay with. He's within his right to do it, but we don't have to like it. I certainly don't like it. Yeah, I, I get why people don't like it. I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, it is the nature of the business now. It is, you know, and I think we look at that example. It's like it's like dealing with a boss. It doesn't matter how many times you say yes. It's the one time you say no that they remember that and go, oh, well, why aren't you doing this? That, that's, that's a sticking point. That's something that I don't like. You know, it doesn't matter that Mikey Keene had to come in and burn, you know, play those four games in really high-pressure situations. It wasn't like he was coming in to hand the ball off in any regard. So he was loyal to them through a long stretch of that season and played pretty well. And I think, honestly, improved his stock in the transfer portal because people are going to see, man, this kid came in in this type of pressure twice in a row, two years in a row, and did that. So you're loyal to a certain point. And once you get to the point where now it starts affecting me and my future and what's going to be my life after this, no one cares, no UCF fan cares that Mikey Keene has three years of eligibility instead of two. No one cares about that at all. The only person who does who it matters to is Mikey Keene and his decision moving forward. And that's where, obviously, it comes into questioning loyalty, selfish, turned your back on the team when they needed it most. Well, you kind of helped them when they needed it most along the way. This time, they, they cried wolf, and they weren't able to get it done. Couldn't rely on them. I mean, everybody's going to be selfish at some point, and I, I do understand the modern environment in college athletics where you got to posture properly for the transfer portal or possibly the next level of the NFL draft. But isn't it just – I don't think I'll ever get used to the most important games of the college football season guys are sitting out. It's like – like you play all year for these games and then these are the ones that matter the least. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I think that but that's a decision that's made not just in late November. That that's not a talking point that comes in, okay, hey, here's a situation. This is a discussion that had been ongoing throughout this season. Mikey Keene had opportunities early in the year, if he really wanted to, to come in and mop up duty 
in their opener against South Carolina State, against Temple, against some of these other teams that they blew out, just to come in and hand the ball off. And he didn't have to do that. So they knew this was the plan all along, that they were going to try and protect that red shirt. And they didn't want to have to put him in a situation where if you take care of business against USF, which you should have, you were a three-touchdown favorite, and you should have never let that game get close and never even had to sniff Mikey Keene coming into the game. But he did. So that's on you now. That's on you, and I get it. It's very easy to point fingers at Mikey and say, if he plays in that game, he shows his loyalty to the program, blah, blah, blah. It, It sounds great. And I do get it, and I empathize with fans why they would feel that way, because he's had a lot of success. But this has been something that was set in motion long before this possibility even presented itself. I I get it. Like, I'm a Mikey Keene fan. I thought, you know, the way he handled it up to this point has been class, and I would feel some type of way if I felt like I was, like, a better thrower of the football than the other guy, even if he's a more, you know, elite player on the ground. But, man, like, it's not like you're the next coming of, like, Brett Favre. Like, I... I mean, you can't admit that about yourself, but like this is your chance to I do, maximize yeah. your value completely. I do wonder what his view of himself is and how much that factored into the decision. If he felt like, well, he's got to preserve it because he's got to preserve eligibility because of something else he's trying to achieve. Well, what is, and I think that's a good point, but let's also look down the road. Like, does Gus Melzon have this conversation with him going, hey, we don't know if John Rice is coming back or not? But there's no guarantee next year that you're the guy instead of Thomas Castellanos. You're the guy instead of Timmy McClain. You're the guy instead of maybe another transfer portal guy that comes in there. If there's no guarantee, and I understand you got to earn your job, but it's hard for what Mikey Keene has done in thinking, man, 7-3, and three, won three big games this year in the second half. And no guarantees going forward. And, I, and, and then having Gus going, hey, thanks for that, appreciate it. You know, it's your you know, Jeff Hostetler-type moment coming right. in here, or Nick Foles-type moment, we're just not going to give you the keys to the car moving forward, or it's not going to be an open competition next year, even if John Rice comes back. If that discussion has already been made, then Mikey's going, then why am I going to burn a red shirt here? Why am I going to lose a year of eligibility? And, you know, if he transfers somewhere and has to sit behind another starter for a year, maybe only gets two years instead of one, like, those are extremely valuable. So, if that was already if his future at UCF was already put in place, I get why he did it. We're talking to Luke Hetrick from Spectrum News 13 at LH Sports TV on Twitter. Quick pivot to the Magic, the team not good right now. This is not breaking news. Five and twenty, they have the worst record in the NBA. How does a fan stay engaged with this team? Do you have any ideas? No, I, I mean okay, good. Bring, start bringing the guys back. <laughs> Like that's not. I'm not trying to make a joke about it, but like, you guys have been here for, been around for the rebuilds. Like Kravitz, you in particular, you've been here. You've seen more of them since the white than I have. So for me, it's a little bit more fresh. Like, hey, you know, I got here, and they were trying to build it with with Boots and Steve Clifford and Aaron Gordon and, and Fournier, and it wasn't going to be perfect, but it was at least going to be competitive. And now they've hit this reset, you know, from around 2021 that it was going to go, you know, this direction. So. But now you're just sitting here going, what what else do we have to wait for the rest of this year? I mean, it's going to they're going to win games based on the fact of how Paolo Bencaro and Franz Wagner do. I mean, that, that's going to be they were in that game last night because both of them had 20 plus. When they score less than that, they're going to get blown out. That that's what keeps them in games. And right now, you just wait and see. All right, when are we going to get Wendell back? 
is Jonathan Isaac going to be back? This right. is unfortunately now turned into a season when it was going to be, you know, fun and step forward. And when are they going to be competitive? And they're a little bit past that quarter mark of the season. But there's still time to flip it a little bit. You know, not that like they're going to go on some massive winning streak and get into the play-in conversation or anything like that. But to where this season, you know, we already don't have the final line written on it, you know, 25, 26 games in. But at this point, you're just sitting here going, all right, when's Jonathan coming back? Because that's really all we have to look forward to at this point. I think they're going to get better. And for me to sit here and say, you know, once guys get healthy and get in rhythm and can be on the court and play, like that's not that's not a guarantee anymore. That that's not anything anymore. You can't. You, you're never going to have a healthy, ideal starting lineup and perfect bench on the court for more than five games in a row, if that. So, it, right now, there's, you know, it's not great. But you know, also we predicted this. This was going to be the stretch from Black Friday to the 19th of December. <laughs> They had a 14-game span where every single team they played was either in the playoffs or the play-in tournament last year. And right now against those teams, after last night, they're now 0-7. Yeah, they have, yeah. And we knew, and, and we've had discussions about this. I know we've had Kobe Price on our show before. We looked at that and said, man, the, the reason we're not having this record prediction that we think is going to be a nice jump is because at this point, if, if it goes bad and they go 3-11 and in their stretch, I'd be good. I'd be good with a, I would I'd be good with a win at this point. Oh. Yeah. yeah. I mean you may squeak out two wins, you know, between now and the nineteenth and that final game in that stretch is against Atlanta. I mean it, it's not getting any easier. And then at the beginning of that stretch, the two games before you played Indiana, who we've now looked up and said, Wow, they're a lot better than we thought they would be. I was so, I want to say this is sort of a be careful what you wish for situation for me. I was an advocate of blowing it up and doing the rebuild. But then you got to go through the rebuild. And in the middle of it, it gets pretty rough. Now I'm talking about mortgaging future picks to bring in some sort of elite playmaking guard that's not even available to trade. It's it's tough. So like you said, really all you have to go off of is be appreciative of a win when you get one and really just continue to evaluate Paolo for Franz, who's getting bodied and banged around game to game. He's, me and Kravitz yeah. are saying he looks like a boxer at this point. He He's does. He's all up. over his hands. Yeah. And, 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 it, and you're, you're, you're waiting for your you know one highlight or two highlights Bowl. to get a game from Bowl Bowl, where it's, hey, man, this is fun. Look at this unicorn we got. He's the best. You need Wembenyama when you got this guy. And then you also have to sit there and watch him. And this is not intended to be a shot, but watch him play defense, where he just has not been on the floor. He has not had the reps to play team defense. He's getting targeted in a lot of pick and roll. Bull's not the problem, zone, Luke. So. <laughs> Bull, <laughs> you, I'm just you can't say bad things about Bull Bull. No, not Tazi gets very upset. Not allowed. Everybody else besides Bull, Franz, Wendell, and Paolo. We can say uh, all the – criticize them. Kravitz, your co-host, was now Francesa, where we had rules and couldn't say. We do have rules. <laughs> That's the one, that's the one that's the one rule that's the one rule. That's Luke, it. Luke Hattrick, you can find him on Twitter at LH Sports TV and on your screen at Spectrum News thirteen. Always fun, Luke. Enjoy the coffee. Hey, thanks, guys. I appreciate it as always. All right, always a good time with Luke Hattrick. Yes, uh, looking ahead at the schedule doesn't exactly give you the warm and fuzzies, but uh, Jonathan Isaac uh, could be coming back soon. I, I have some news on that in our final four things. I mean, Still if, if they could go on a three- or four-game winning streak at some point this season and get Isaac back and Bull Bull starts doing, continues to do amazing things and Paolo takes another step 
and Franz stays healthy, and Wendell eventually comes back, it's like, all right, next year. Yeah. Yeah, I I think you bring up a good point with the the ugly side of the rebuild. Yeah. I, I guess I wish, and this would never happen, because this isn't the way that management teams operate, that when they blew it up, they're like, hey, guys, this is going to take two full seasons, so you're going to have to strap in for that. Yeah, I mean, that's what I figured, and it's like at least two seasons. That's that's That'd be a quick rebuild that's for the most crazy, part. That's crazy, though. It is. It is, though. That it like it shouldn't really take that long. And I mean, Paolo was a great number one overall pick, and he's good, and he's going to be great. But it's like to really turn things around. It, it's tough to turn things around in this league. There are hungry vets, and you watching a team like the Bucks, who might not even been on their best last night. It just kind of it's a reminder how much it takes to be that good. But at some point, you need to be just kind of good. Yeah. Otherwise, like the Bucks didn't turn into this overnight. No. It was gradual. You go look at their at their win totals year over year. It's, it 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 was very gradual. It started in the upper thirties, went to the forties, and then it's like sixty, sixty, sixty. You know, like you got at some point trend in the right direction. It looks like they have the pieces to do it, but they're just not trending in the right direction yet top pick next year veteran free agents and shooting right if they do all those things like like that's what i said last year though that's and they got the top pick that's the problem i have it's still quick what this time next year if we're not liking what moves have been made and the wins still aren't there that's when pitchforks can come out all right all right well i'll keep it in my back pocket for now mike Gennetti from spottrack.com with a look at the future of jimmy garoppolo and some mega deals across Major League Baseball Plus 5 after this. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash aware.